Everyone has opinions. Most of them are trash. Join us each week as we get to the bottom of the heap, sifting through topics ranging from pop culture to Pop-Tarts. In the end, only one trash talker will reign refuse supreme. Disagree? Too bad. Welcome to Your Opinion is Trash. The silence has ever had to be. Almost. <laughs> and then a goddamn car horn. Let me tell you, folks, that room tone was good for about nine seconds. Yep, we were. Until a, until a car horn had to destroy it. Oh, man. Hey, I'm, everybody. I'm assuming it'll, it'll be fine. I'm sure. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's always fine. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? How's everybody doing? Doing well. That's good. It's a new week. Uh, it's, um, it could you know, be. Uh, we had uh, some things happen in America yesterday. It was kind of exciting. Did we? Yeah, beginnings, endings. <laughs> beginnings, endings. Oh, fucking Tom Brady. Fuck that dude. I didn't know if I should talk about well, it. Well, it's gonna come. This it's, is. You know, it's. Yesterday. Are we allowed to say. The big game. The, the big, big game. game. You're right. Please. I'm sorry. I don't need the people <laughs> coming after us. The big yeah. game was oh. yesterday. Oh, I hope Matt can, like, bleep. <laughs> well, Wait, are you not allowed to say that? No, no, Claire. It's a big copyright thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, I have to take down all my other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fuck Tom Brady. And on that note, um, I'm Natalie. <laughs> AJ's here. Claire's here. Keith's here. I'm Claire. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a guest person today, mm-hmm. our friend Paul. Hello. Yay, Paul's oh. here. Hi, Paul! Yay! And Potter this is, Paul. This is this week's version of Your Opinion is Trash. Huzzah! Garbage! <laughs> Truly garbage. Yep. So, yeah. So we're, we, we're excited for Paul to be here. Of course. We're excited to be here. Have you oh. ever listened to a podcast? I listened to half of one on the drive over Awesome. Here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which wow. half of one? It was the, the latest one. Okay. My, he's one of so, our most dedicated no, 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 listeners. No, no, we shouldn't talk about what that is. We don't know when it's going to... The last one. It was wonderful. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Best one yet. They're all I so genuinely equally. thought Natalie meant any podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Ever heard a podcast? I'm familiar with the concept of podcasts. I, I've listened to a few of your podcasts in preparation. For okay, great. Today. And so, all I know is that I can't wait to see what AJ has to say. Because I, right. like, yeah. I feel like I feel like this is a, this. Obviously, I'm here because this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Yes. Right. And uh, and I, I feel like I could get violent. Sure. But also. Also, I feel like AJ's the way, like the the one I just listened to. Yeah, AJ huh? kind of argued with himself. Like he, it was the best thing, yeah. but it was also the worst thing. And sure. he kind of went at himself. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of like, his new deal. It's yeah. like bas- <laughs> it's like a basketball game where like you just kind of clear the lane and let a guy go. Like that's that's what you got to do with AJ. Just kind of like get out of his way when he gets down. There. Yeah, so, get, get out of his way, boys. He'll he'll defeat himself. <laughs> anyway, thrilled, thrilled to be here. Perfect. Great. And with that. This week's episode is going to be talking about what is the best episode of The Office. Ooh. The American version da, of The da, 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 da. <laughs> yep. So that, that's, what, that's what we're talking about this week. Cool. Uh, there cool. are like a million episodes of The Office. At least. And shockingly enough, uh, three people tried to pick the same episode. Oh, so, I know what that was. And I'm very prepared to argue why that episode is not the best episode. Oh, and my. I, I don't care. Y'all, everyone's wrong about it. Um, <laughs> everyone. Everyone who picked it or wanted to pick it is wrong. Um, 
But I will go ahead and give a little bit of information about The Office. A little show. It's a little show. doesn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. The Office. From England. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, <laughs> it is an American mockumentary sitcom television series that depicts the everyday work lives of office employees of the Scranton, Pennsylvania branch of a fictional Dunder Mifflin paper company. It is an adaptation of the BBC series of the same name. It was adapted for American television by Greg Daniels, who was famous for writing things like The Simpsons and King of the Hill and Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original version, Over Across the Pond, was written and directed by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, the tallest man in showbiz. Very tall. Uh, Truly. Extraordinary. And that one, that, that, uh, human he's so tall. <laughs> he, that, uh, series was centered around David Brent, who was the Micah Scott of the, of the British version, and mm-hmm. Ricky Gervais played him. Uh, the original version ran from 2001 to 2003, because British television knows not to beat a dead horse. Yep. And they, and they use the metric. Good job. They don't actually. They They don't call them seasons. They call them uh, series. Chuffs, I think. Chuffs. Chuffs. Yeah. What does that mean? I've got got three chuffs. And and then we're going to call it quits after the third chuff. Oh, Oh, we've already got accents. We've got accents. (laughs) We've got accents. At the five minute mark, we've got accents. All right. All right. Let me me put a marker down for accents. So, uh, yes, as compared to the American version, which ran for nine seasons yep. from 2005 to 2013. Mm-hmm. It should have ran for seven. Right. Okay. okay. Nine oh. times. Nine, nine times. times. Um, Jeffrey Jones. He's a sex offender. Every single time. We can't get away from that dude. <laughs> Shall I talk about Natalie Wood now? <laughs> no. Please don't. Please don't. You're, um, you're upsetting Paul. <laughs> like its British counterpart, the series was filmed with a single camera setup without a studio audience or a laugh track to simulate the look of an actual documentary. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, I get the mockumentary. Yeah, mockumentary. Mock mock yes. yes, yes, yes. Um, which, thank God they made it in America because then we got fucking Parks and Rec and let's just be very honest. Mm-hmm. That shows. What are you trying to say? It's a treasure, and I'm so happy it exists. It's good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, what are you trying to I, say? I, I, I probably <laughs> like Parks and Rec more than I like Walmart. All's Wolverine class started to emerge from the knuckles of that um, point. Paul, I'm already excited about the energy you bring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but I'm super confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is considered to be one of the greatest television shows of all time. Ever in life. Of, uh, in life. The Office was met with mixed reviews during the short first season, but the following seasons received significant acclaim from television critics as the show's characters, content, structure, and tone diverged considerably mm-hmm. from the British version. Mm-hmm. The eighth season was criticized for a decline in quality. Many saw Steve Carell's departure in season seven as a contributing factor. However, the ninth and mm-hmm. final season ended the series run with a generally positive response. And I would like to... Throw in there that the eighth season is not a decline because we get James Spader. And everyone can oh, fuck off no. because James Spader is so weird and so strange and I love him in the eighth he's season. definitely weird and strange. Yeah, he's amazing yeah. in it and I love how weird it got. And I don't care. I think it's great. Um, so that's all we're going to, the whole Wikipedia page. On the <laughs> um, we saved you from reading it. Yes. So It, it also is a show that is is an odd form of mental and visual comfort food for people. Yes. As it is one of the most obsessively rewatched, re-watched yeah. shows yeah. Yeah. in a sense that they've said that people have... It's almost like a, during the COVID time, it's been a 
mental comfort to see people in what is such a generically familiar setting mm. so that it actually acts as a balm to the spirit. I've, I've, yeah. I've found it to be a balm. Oh, yes, I, I was absolutely... I, Super I must balmy. have watched the, the Office three times at the beginning of COVID mm -hmm. and it was tragically Peacock. You know? Yeah. Well, we're not getting sponsored what by them. What else can I say? Great. Yeah. Peacock ruined everything. Well, I mean... I gotta make money. There's that great Katy Perry song, though, called Let Me See Your Peacock. peacock. Yes, Anybody? your peacock, yeah. cock, cock, your peacock. That's it. Copyright, copyright. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Oh, man. Leak that out. No, Katie knows. She's a part of me. It's so <laughs> Katie gets it. Katie gets it. Between her and the NFL, we're this yeah, is not we're, going. We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> this will never air. This will never get to air. Um, I was going to say something, but now I don't remember. So we'll just move on. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So, Keith, you can go first. Oh, all right. Well, um, since we have a, a bonus person here, um, I, I don't pretend to go faster. I'm going to pretend to go faster. Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to go faster <laughs> and then not. not go any faster at all. But I will say I, I do not have a fancy intro this week. I will just say that when it comes to the office, I wish every day was diversity day. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel the butthole of the room just clench at the awkwardness of this episode. So um, I assume well, that's what I want to say. Sorry. This show is so awkward that my brother refuses to watch it because it makes him feel bad. I know people. About the people. Oh. Who, like, he can't watch this oh, yeah. show. I understand. Yeah. That's like, how I feel about Meet the Parents. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Yeah, my brother is just like, nope, I can't do it. It makes me feel awkward and awful, and I feel bad for all these people. I'm like, you know they're fake, right? <laughs> like, they're just actors, and it's not real, and they're all very wealthy, and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do it. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so, um, obviously, I'm talking about the Diversity Day episode, and I don't know if you're going chronologically but it would make sense here because this is the second episode yeah. of The Office. Second episode, first season. Um, yes. We'll click, quick, quick, quick. Back when Michael Scott still used hair gel. Right. Before Steve yeah. Carell got hair plugs. No, they thinned him out. Some, they, like, oh, no, yeah. That was like a pro they, like, they thinned him out. Guys, for the, it's in the book. Yeah. All right. they, they, it was like this weird costume choice that they did. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They started him off with hair gel in the first season. No, I know he wore hair gel but he also had significantly thinner hair. I like that the universe is telling us that they did that to Michael Scott and that Steve Carell just wasn't like, oh, just tell them that that's, that's what it was. The internet can be used for good. We can read but that. it wasn't we can just read Steve Carell. Like, they were all a little homelier. I, I, would, sure. I would agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kelly, Kelly Kapoor in the first season, like, oh, well, in the first few episodes, was so buttoned up. Yeah. Well, Mindy Colling goes on a real journey. Of, yeah. Of absolutely. Sorry, Keith. No, Go it's ahead. fine. Hey, look, we're all just diversity. We're all My friends. My butthole is clenched over here. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So I'm, I'm trying to go quickly. Now, um, a few bullet points here. Um, even though Michael says diversity is something that I've been pushing, that I've been wanting to push for a long time. Um, corporate beats him to the punch, mandating Dunder Mifflin undergo sensitivity training. Larry Wilmore plays Mr. Brown. First test, I will not call you that. Um, <laughs> whose attempt to run the session is interrupted by Michael's request that everybody say a race that you were attracted to sexually. <laughs> I will go last. I love that. <laughs> he will go last. Um, Dwight, uh, of course, says what he's, he's interested in white and Indian. And then the camera, zo <laughs> camera zooms in on Mindy Kaling. Um, Dwight also asks if they can steer away from gay people as it's an orientation and not a race, uh, which Mr. Brown replies, well, we only have an hour. Um, <laughs> and Mr. Colling wrote this episode, right? No. 
Oh, I thought she wrote Diversity Day. B.J. Novak did, oh, which okay. is so, not a good, you know. Mr. Brown played by the great Larry, Larry Wilmore. Larry Wilmore. And he, he directed later episodes. Oh, he did? Okay. If it would have been written by Not a White Man, that probably would have been better. But I really thought Kelly Kapoor was... I'm sorry, Mindy Collins. Um, it's then revealed that Mr. Brown was called in specifically to address Michael's highly offensive performance of a Chris Rock routine, exact same routine, same comedic timing, that he then proceeds to perform again because Kevin's not much of an entertainer and was butchering it. Uh, Mr. Brown has to scream to get Michael to finally stop. This is all before the first commercial. Sure. All of this happens, yeah. all right? It's like, it's, it's a quick, quick hitter. Uh, Mr. Brown, if that is his real name, gets all the signatures he needs, only actually needs Michaels, who signs Daffy Duck, um, and then leaves, prompting Michael to set up his own training. Um, he says, get as much done as you can before lunch, because afterward, I'm going to have you all in tears. Um, the training is obviously a disaster, complete with a homemade video for diversity tomorrow, because today is almost over. Yeah. Um, Michael claims that he's two fifteenths Native American, and a game <laughs> a game breaks out where Michael instructs everyone to stir the melting pot and wear index cards with a certain race on it, and to treat others however they might treat people of those races. So An Olympics of suffering, he calls it, <laughs> which ends with Michael being very deservedly slapped by Kelly. Yep. Um, that, that's that's the you know that's the episode. Okay. Um, I think it's great. It's it it set the table for the extremely awkward. Um, show that the office would be. I mean, it's hard to watch this even in 2005 and not be uncomfortable. And now it's, <laughs> I would say it's greatly more problematic all these years later. Well, that episode could never happen. Probably not. I do, I, I, There's a lot of office episodes that could happen. Yeah, but I'm so glad it did. I'm so <laughs> as glad a, As a white man, <laughs> as a straight white man, I want everyone to know that I'm happy that this episode happened. Yeah, well, I concur. <laughs> this podcast was missing more straight white people, so I'm glad we, we, brought, we brought Paul in. Um, there's some other great awkward interactions that uh, don't necessarily, uh, you know, people don't think about first off. Like uh, all the Oscar Michael stuff is great in this episode. Um, he, he like times it to leave the, like the, his office to when Larry Wilmore leaves the room that he's setting up in and like, and then he walks over to Oscar and he's like, Oh, Oscar. Yeah. How was, how was your weekend? He says it was fun. He's like, Oh, I bet it was fun. I don't know. I don't even know what that means, but it's, <laughs> but it's so uncomfortable. He just calls him Oscar and then sort of like trails off. And then Oscar says, Martinez. <laughs> and Michael says, I don't even know. First name basis. <laughs> Um, and then as he's walking back to the room, he tells Mr. Brown, Oscar works in here. Um, <laughs> uh, that's later that's on, my favorite joke so far. <laughs> later on, when they, when they get to Michael's diversity tomorrow training, um, he asks uh, Oscar if there's another less offensive term than Mexican. <laughs> Oscar says it's not offensive. And he says, well, but it has certain connotations. <laughs> Oscar says, what connotations? And then they move on. Yep. Um, and then as the episode's ending, he says, Buena Vista, Oscar. Uh, <laughs> also, later in the series, when Oscar's trying to teach Michael Spanish, and he's just putting penises and vaginas all over his office. Just trying to teach him masculine. Just bananas. So the reason why I think this is the best episode um, is because of the, the importance of it. It's the first episode to feature original writing, as the pilot was essentially an Americanized yeah. version of the British one. Um, Indy Kaling's first on-screen performance. Mm -hmm. She just wasn't in the pilot. <laughs> um, Paul Lieberstein, am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Yes. Lieberstein? Yeah. Boy, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's French. <laughs> it's French. 
Um, the Toby Flinderson character did not want to, he was an executive producer and a writer, did not want to appear in the episode, but did so assuming it would be a one-time event. But producers were so impressed by his work, oh it's one line, um, and said that the show could use him more, leading to Toby Flinderson. Um, this also set the table for the Jim and Pam with the head on the shoulder at the end of the episode and when, when Jim says, not a bad day after all, with his swoopy hair. After a very crappy day, he says, not a bad day after all. Nothing, not, no, go ahead. Nothing gets my wife more angry when watching The Office than every time, like early, in early seasons, that they show Jim's head. Because his oh, hair is so, so bad. So bad. And like a minute it's, she gets it's all over the place. She gets violently angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she tapers off in later seasons when they like realize when they that, realize and you're like well, like John Krasinski's like a handsome dude and they should just yeah. like make him like oh but it's I mean it's it's like well it's very similar to my hair in college so yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a bad look boy hair that's yeah. exactly what yeah. it is which was appropriate for 2005 and he was kind of it's kind of Jim's like just yep. kind of like yeah. post, post college guy yeah. trying to yeah. find his way in the world yeah. so yeah but back then Jenna Fisher also had like the big curly kind of like yeah yeah wild hair that got smoothed out yeah he's the only person that acknowledges the camera Ever in the show. Well, I mean, quite often. At the he, beginning, everyone acknowledges the camera. Well, yeah. I'm, but but I'm talking like in scenes, like you know where it's like. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he, and like, Jim will look at the camera. When uh, actually in this episode, when Dwight is explaining what a hero actually is, and he says that they're like you know born out of a trauma, um, Jim looks directly into the camera and just. <laughs> Might have been the first time that ever happened. Um, the last bullet point of the importance is that the, the office traffics in awkward, and this episode mm -hmm. let us know that oh. we were in for a rough ride. Yeah, it is one of the most awkward episodes ever created. Truly, I can't, I can't say most of the, uh, the, the awkward, but um, we'll move on. And just a few more favorite quotes. Um, Abraham Lincoln once said that, if you are a racist, I will attack you with the North. <laughs> and those are the principles that I carry with me in the workplace. <laughs> Um, when the reason Toby gets kicked out of the diversity meeting is because he walks in and asks that they're all going to sit in a circle Indian style. And Michael says that was offensive and lame. So double offensive and says, this is an environment of welcoming and you should just get the hell out of here. And then of course you'll notice that I didn't have anyone be Arab. I thought that would be too explosive. Michael says it was, it's, it's just too soon for Arabs. Maybe next year the ball's in their court. I love. I just love the, the cards, like the, yep. like they're because they, he's like they're different races, but they're they're also some of them are just individual people. Yep. Yes. Like Martin Luther King Martin Jr. Luther King Jr. <laughs> <laughs> it's yep. like Jamaica. You know, it's a, I I watch this show replayed a lot, and this episode doesn't come up very often. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because they lost half their audience after the pilot aired. Oh, that's how significant of a drop-off it was in this episode. Oh, but of course, hilarious. years later, people have said like, oh, but it was a crowning achievement in the history of the show and all that stuff. But a lot of people didn't fucking watch it when it came out because yeah, no. it made them uncomfortable. It's, oh, it's highly uncomfortable. But Diversity Day is a very funny episode. That, that you was, pull yeah. out your book, old man, and talk about that it. Was my AJ second. pulled out a large leather-bound hardcover yeah. book yes. about The Office. <laughs> it's his novelization of the entire magazine. <laughs> He's now going through a ring of keys to unlock, the, unlock this volume. Blowing dust off of it. Full, full disclosure, I wasn't going to do this episode because I, I really, my office uh, obsession sort of tailored off on the back end. But when I was speaking with good buddy Paul here, not Paul Lieberstein, Paul Loisel, um, I, I, I said, like, if I were to go on the episode, I would say this episode. And he was like, I mean, that's a pretty good one. It's so good. That, that's my, that's, 
I, I'm going to talk about a different episode. Yeah, sure. But because uh, but, I believe that's the premise of this podcast. It is right? correct. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Thank you. But, uh, Thank you for leaning into the rules. Yeah, of the but uh, but this would this would be my my second choice, and I, I agree. It's like it's the most awkward. It minute. is, and it like it it sets it just like lays the fact like we're going to make you we're going to push that level of un- like how uncomfortable can we make you. Yeah. For this to still be enjoyable, and yeah. for like certain people, it's, it's it, not. I know, and I, <laughs> like, and, yeah, and like I guess I understand that, but I'm like, don't you want to watch people suffer? It's kind of funny. there's a there's a consistent rise in the in the uncomfort level all the way, obviously leading up to the interaction with Kelly. Sure, and just and then it just shuts down, like it's it's just awful, and then and then of course you have like the. It's like, I could have got some food. Could I got, and I'm not going to say what food he says, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. And, um, and that's why I think it's the best. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I love it. I, I do it. feel like that's in keeping with the British version too, though. Like that one was pretty awkward. Yeah, I'm pointing at you. Yeah. There's... That yeah. series is nothing but uncomfortable awfulness because that is what Ricky Gervais yeah. lives his it's life all in. about. And yeah. He yeah. does not care it about like about, about, about what makes you uncomfortable Absolutely you and not. anyone in the no, world. No, no, no. Like he, he that's why I love him so much. He almost feels like I think he I mean he, he goes to a real extreme where it's like you're not entitled to be uncomfortable. You you don't earn your yeah, uncomfortability. Yeah, yeah. That one you can watch for free. Yes, and I have. Good. AJ's reading it right now. <laughs> Wait, it's just getting good. I oh think that's uh, I think that's all I had. I thank you uh, for my time. Okay, great. Thank right. you so much. Would you like to do? Are you going to do a sponsorship tonight? I was thinking we could maybe. Oh yeah. Do you want to do that for the sponsor? Sure. Great. Do our sponsors. Uh, okay. So um, this week's uh, a word. <laughs> oh yes, uh, a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Uh, so this week's uh, Your Opinion is Trash is brought to you by something that is truly not trash. Mm. We're talking about Girl Scouts cookies. Yeah. Uh, specifically, <laughs> <laughs> Caramel Delights. And, Which uh, are called Samoas nope. in other parts of the country. We don't call them that anymore because as Diversity Day explains to us, it's fucking inappropriate. It's inappropriate. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's called that. They, 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 like, it's not like... They're not called Samoans. It's not like the South decided to stop being racist. Like we terrible delights now. They uh, they just no, no, no. There are there's a different bakery that calls them Samoas still, I believe. Yes, there is. Well, this is the end of the quickest sponsorship (laughs) in the history of your opinion is trash. I think I ordered Samoas from a girl in another state. That's crazy that Louisiana is above the curve. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, they were always caramel delights when I was growing up, and I grew up in Arkansas. You know what? But Get some shortbread and keep it safe. <laughs> I don't know. Shortbread, you know, some of the vertically challenged people. Shortbread are called trefoils. Boy, are they. Um, <laughs> keep us so upset. I could go on and on. <laughs> there's a good... There, Dosey dos there, There's a good Girl Scout cookies uh, office uh, oh my god! It's like yeah. storyline down down the road, <laughs> where uh, Toby, the Toby and Daryl are Toby competing for for Kevin's for Kevin. order. <laughs> yes. So, so there we go. Oh, I miss Kevin. And <laughs> Daryl, I think Daryl is always my favorite. Um, AJ, you're next. All right. So give him a book out. And I from your tome. I assume, it's some, <laughs> I assume it's some sort of research, and I wanted you to go. Well, I did not do research, no. as I usually don't. Um, <laughs> he's just going to read a page from this book. Well, I, I I do feel it is worth noting that there was a great book that came out called The Office: The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom of the Two Thousands by Andy Green. It came out in twenty twenty. It's really excellent. You should do oh. yourself a favor and get it. 
And while you're getting that, yeah, all right. Um, uh, that was me ordering another that was, that was beer, beer from right. Pete. Yeah. Um, so my episode comes from what I think is uh, almost indisputably the greatest season of The Office, which is season four. I agree with that sentiment. Season four is widely considered to be the best season. Um, you know, it, it, it hits right in the middle of its of its uh, you know momentum. Um, and my particular episode is the opening to season four, which is actually a double mm-hmm. episode. Ooh. Um, it is technically episode one and two, but oh, it was it, it was presented as an hour long um, episode. So, uh, and what I'm talking about is Fun Run. Yes. So Fun Run. What the girls? <laughs> so here's my here's my reason. I believe that, um, you know, this isn't the Aristotelian definition of a comedy, but the best comedies are the kinds that... Don't that, use Aristotelian <laughs> description. Well, you know. Like eating so many. <laughs> the, the, we're smart. The SAT listeners need something. You brought to, in you the know, word, I have my <laughs> words for the day. The other word I could use is jaw fallen. Um, but the, the the best comedies uh, attempt to solve seemingly simple problems in the most absurd of ways. Okay. And okay. this is the very concept of the Fun Run episode, because let me take you on a narrative journey. Please. Because the episode starts with Michael Scott, who has been rejected from the big New York promotion that, that uh, Ryan gets. And he's, he's basically... Direct addressing to the camera in a very uh, sweet kind of opening to say, you know, how good his life has been going. Even though he didn't get the job, he, you know, Jan is living with him. He got the girl. Jan made him breakfast. Well, she bought the milk. Um, <laughs> we get He travels upstairs in, in the condo, which, you know, like the condo episode. Any episode that has a moment in the condo is, is almost always good. And it's like the most, like, just... Classic, ugly, yes. generic, yeah. small Sounds, condo. Looks like it's from Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a real, it's a real condo. It is a real condo. I was condo. doing some research today, yes. and like you can, it's a, it's, there's a complex, and like you can see his front door. That's like so it's funny. Exactly. Apparently, it's become like a thing. Like people go to this, con, this no, this condo I, I absolutely, and I discovered that while yeah. reading this book that they were talking about any condo episode. They had such a small space that they had to fit this entire crew in, yeah, sure. as well as the cast. So, you know, we get to see Michael. Michael goes upstairs. He shows Jan, who's, like, drunkenly on passed out on the bed. He's like, this is what I do it for. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then he continues the narration, you know, as he's, as he's casually driving to work. And, you know, so as far as, like, Cold. Oh, is is the term right when I cold say cold open. open? Yeah. Okay. So the cold open is before we hit the the theme song. Yep. Um. So the best cold open, in my opinion, is absolutely the one where Dwight starts the fire. Yes. That oh. I mean, there that where, that, you, that, where Michael starts yelling, "Stanley Barack is president." <laughs> yeah. Don't die, yeah. Stanley Barack is president. <laughs> if, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, I believe that one aired directly after, after the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. It was like oh. the Super Bowl led into to, it was yes. a season premiere. 
That's wow. really good. And it was because I remember where I was when I watched sure. it because it was like you know I watched oh, Super Bowl and it was right, like right yeah. after. Yes, that yeah. one was you know that is yeah, for sure. If I were to just talk West Cold Open, that is it. Um, but this one, <laughs> this one to me is my episode. probably second favorite Cold Open, just because it has this monologuing Michael, and <laughs> it's just violently punctuated <laughs> by him striking Meredith with the car. <laughs> what, does he, what does he say? As, 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 he's like he's like. Like, so everything's looking pretty up or something like that. Yeah. Like, immediately <laughs> hits him. Like, Everything is looking great. <laughs> and then the camera sh- swings over to the um, windshield and Meredith is playing out yeah. on it. And then it just turns back to Michael, who is, who is jaw-fallen um, with his uh, mouth open. And then we cut to the intro. So, obviously, this... Also, that... Kate Flannery did that. Like, oh. And they did it like several she times. She jumped on the oh, car. Wow. She like rolled up the like yeah because I listened to the Office Ladies podcast that's hosted by Angela Kinsey mm-hmm. and um, Jenna Jenna Fisher Jenna Fisher and they talk about and they had like Kate Flannery on. She's like, "Yep, they just told me to keep doing it." Oh man, <laughs> and, like, oof! They, it's a very funny thing to listen to them talk about. But yeah, so the reason why you know I'm getting I I love this episode is that again. You could say that the central problem here is that Michael hit Meredith with the car. And, you know, what is the fallout of that thing? You know, does Meredith have to go to the hospital? And somehow we end up with the office having a run to benefit rabies victims. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> Meredith had gotten bitten by a bat right. that had white trapped on our head. Do you have the, the name of the fun run? Oh, the it's, it's the longest name. It's like on their T-shirts. It's an entire <laughs> paragraph. It's like the Michael Scott uh, Benefit for Rabies Foundation with, and Meredith's name. Meredith's Meredith, name I, think it's, I think it's the Michael Scott <laughs> Meredith Palmer Memorial... <laughs> Rabies fun run race for the cure. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, you know, so this episode has, you know, the most absurd wound, roundabout way of getting to its conclusion. And, um, you know, and every, epi- every character, I think, really has like a shining moment in this. Maybe Daryl doesn't. Well, Daryl has the moment where he's like hitting on the uh, the hired uh, stripper who's coming as the nurse, um, but uh, almost every character has a great one. So Michael hits Meredith. Obviously, one of the greatest aspects of the show is that you have this central character who so desperately wants to be liked by people. That is his. That is his tragic flaw: is his desire to be liked by others and his desire to find love and family and community in the wrongest of places. So you have Michael, uh, obviously, hits a Meredith with the car, doesn't really know how to inform this of everyone, tells them that Meredith was hit by the car. <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, you were there! <laughs> and then he talks about the doctors have said, you know, that they, they worked as hard as they could. <laughs> But, but he's alive. And then Stanley's like, what did you do that? How is the world that you have to say that? And then, yeah, it, it's gradually through a series of questions from the other members of the staff, it is gradually found out that Michael hit Meredith with the car. He, he was there. Luckily, he was there to take her to the thing. Why were you there? Well, the car. Funny story. Uh, good news, bad news. Is that I was the one driving. So... Michael then, of course, cannot live with the guilt because he feels like this has 
This has, you know, lowered him, his estimation in the eyes of everyone in the office. So then in classic Michael Scott way, he needs to, like, divert the blame into something else. And so calls an office meeting in which he claims that the, that the entire community uh, of, of Dunder Mifflin is cursed. <laughs> and he's trying to figure out if someone might have buried bodies in a, in a native uh, <laughs> burial ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's demanding... He is two-fifteenths Native American. Yes. So. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like... And this is like a, either a brilliant piece of writing, which I think it was, as opposed to what it it looked like Steve Carell was riffing at the moment where he's trying to conjure up this idea of like a God that they can make a sacrifice to. And the God is, is one animal head with a different animal's body. Oh, was it? Yeah. They let him do a bunch of, again, I learned all this from the podcast. Okay. Because yes, like he's like, he's like, it's a, it's the body of an egret with the head of a monkey (laughs) and the antlers of a reindeer, but the body <laughs> and basically, in this in this in this short, you know, staff meeting, it is determined that God is dead, which I think is the greatest, you know, way to come to a conclusion about the staff meeting. Because at some point, he just says, "Well, God is dead," um, you know, so nothing nothing can be solved. And he accuses Toby of being Satan himself, and saying that Satan would would say the opposite. That is true. When Michael asks if he can start talking about religion, then they all go around, they start talking about their various beliefs in God. Uh, there is this random um, Muslim character that is uh, like the IT guy for just a single episode, and he's like, I'm, I'm Sikh. He's Sikh, yeah. And, um, and, Mike, and he goes, but I have a lot of other things. He was like, I, I'm rebuilding a custom car in my garage. <coughs> I do this. Like, he lists like four other attributes, and then Michael goes... So, one seek. <laughs> and then it moves on. No, dear. Now, the other good part of this episode, and I haven't even gotten the fun run, but the other good part of the episode is the fact that you have um, Dwight also commits a heinous act in this episode. So you have two of the characters who have the worst ability to accept guilt and responsibility for the bad things that they do, both doing horrible things. Michael hits Meredith with the car, and Dwight kills Sprinkles. (laughs) When Angela asks... Mercy kills He mercy kills the cat by putting it out of its misery, by putting it in the freezer after feeding it a bunch of antihistamines. And then we later learn that it tried to get out of the freezer and shit all over the freezer before it died. Um, Oh, God. So... You know, and, and so basically while Meredith's in the hospital, the doctors uh, find out that she has had a history where she's been bitten by a bat due to the episode where Dwight traps the bat on her head. But she also has rat bites and oh, what, maybe raccoon bites. And, and according to her, from separate incidents. <laughs> I mean, they're vicious. And so the doctors, the doctors find out that she is at risk for rabies. And therefore, Michael is elated by this fact because now he is no longer the cause of her being hospitalized. She is hospitalized because she has rabies, not a broken pelvis. And Michael comes back with the idea of this fun run. And so, just the absurdity of, of 
doing a 5K, which he, of course, thinks is 5,000 miles. (laughs) (laughs) Doing a 5K uh, for a cause. And the cause that he chooses, chooses, of course, is is rabies awareness. (laughs) And then demands that the entire office staff begin doing uh, cold calls to people in order to raise the money. And... um, which, they, which Dwight thinks is to raise money for bat birth control. <laughs> for bat birth control. And, like, you know, Stanley, Stanley's trying to get someone to give 10 cents. And then he's like, they hung up. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael's like, how much you got? He goes, zero. And then Michael reveals, he was like, well, Jan donated $500 earlier today. And then Oscar was like, isn't that your money? <laughs> he's like, but it's for a good cause. <laughs> so... Basically, yeah. So you get to the, you get to the fun run episode. Also, just as a side note, this is the first episode that Jim and Pam get together. Oh. You know that this is where many shows jump the shark when the couple that you kind of want to get together gets together. They officially announce that they are um, that they are seeing one another after Jim has broken up with Rashida Jones. I forget her character. They like announce it to the camera, right? They, they announce it to the camera, yeah, like, but not the, yeah. publicly. Because yes. they like kind of on the sly, like hold hands yes. while they're walking. Yes, know? when yeah. Kevin's like, "Oh, PB and J, perfect." Rashida Jones is Kelly. Um, is Karen Phillips? Karen, yes. yes. I feel the pain. And so, anyway, but so that that's kind of a that's the cutest part of this episode. But then the fun run itself is just a brilliant depiction of a 5K run in the worst possible way. Andy has bloody nipples. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> nipple shaving. He has nipple shaving that he puts the Band-Aids on for yeah. and then ha- still that, ends that's, up that's bleeding happened to me profusely. Oh my God. I used to laugh at that episode. That's a real I thing. A, I got into running for a very brief period of time <laughs> and, and I wore the wrong shirt. Certain fabrics, yep. and I had some raw nipple. I mean, they weren't like bleeding like Andy's. No, yeah, I, I, they were. I mean, it was like a, I was like awful. It was, in my running, I had an open wound on my tits. In my <laughs> running experience, I have also had nipple chafing. I will admit that I've also this had is that. Awful. So, Andy, why would anyone run ever? Andy has nipple chafing <laughs> without being Such chased. An excellent question. Without being, chased. <laughs> without being chased. Kevin, who violently does not want to participate, still participates, but runs in a shirt and tie. I love so much. <laughs> of course, I think it's Stanley, Oscar, Creed. Uh, they all get in a car <laughs> together and yep. then just they drive just to the bar. finish line. <laughs> um, you, then you have Toby, of course, that Dwight thinks he has sabotaged by putting X-Lax in his coffee. He actually puts a modium AT, and so you get to, a cut shot of Toby going, I feel great. <laughs> oh, man, normally I have to stop for a bathroom break, but I can just keep going. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a five case, not a long race. It's not a long race. <laughs> like, like, like if you run, you don't need to take a bathroom break <laughs> in a five case. Right. <laughs> and then it's like a 30 minute run yeah. right? and then Michael carbo loads by eating an excessive amount of fettuccine, fettuccine. alfredo to but won't drink water because rabies makes you afraid, afraid of, water. of water and he's trying to show solidarity with rabies oh pictures. my god when he's eating that pasta and so yeah. he you know basically we see that the 5k eventually ends and they realize of course that it hasn't gone in a circle it just ends somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so, so when Toby says, where are we? And Kelly says, I don't know, 5K from the office. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, you know, uh, 
then the episode ends with Michael. You know, he's barely able to. He's barely able to finish because he's vomiting up and he's feeling <laughs> sick and he's got the shits from the, the Alfredo. And then of course, <laughs> Am and Jim like get him to just get up and walk it. And he, you know, he treats it like he's won some major um, accomplishment in classic Michael Scott fashion. Um, that, that's that's really it. I mean, the the episode. Uh, what? No, there's one. There's one. What am I missing? The, 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 the check. The, the, the check. The check. That's right. Which they had. To, I think they raised like you know eight hundred dollars. Yes, they raised like eight hundred dollars. It cost like one hundred fifty dollars for the check to print the giant and then check. They had the hot, they, he tried, They wanted Michael wanted Pam to get like a doctor, and he couldn't because because they don't exist. doctors don't exist. <laughs> so he said, "Well, maybe a nurse." So they got the the, the stripper from. Uh, Bob Vance's bachelor party. Yeah. <laughs> to, 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 like, so it's a stripper in like a sexy nurse outfit. Yes. <laughs> and Michael sees her and he was like, oh, look at you. He was like, you went, you went back to school. <laughs> yes. And she gives us the most confused look. I'm like, what? Um, anyway, so Fun Run is my choice. It's a, it's a great episode. I'm sorry I went on for a while, but it is a 40 minute episode. Yeah, that was yeah. the longest you've talked in a really long time. So, it's basically two episodes worth. It's yeah. two I mean, episodes worth. It's, it. it's, it's, oh, so it's two for one. It's cheating. Okay. So we're saying you're cheating at it. I am disqualified. As I mentioned, I've never listened to a full episode. I assume, I assume we declare a winner at the end of this, right? I mean, in our hearts. Yeah. In our hearts. Yeah. In our hearts. You know what? I, I fully admit when Natalie asked me, you know, favorite office episode. I immediately don't said the it, one. Don't say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm I'm gonna say it. Don't say it. So I I immediately chose the one that that was you know there there was a three way tie. There you go. Thank you. And um, <laughs> so I but but fun run you know was my immediate secondary answer. So I, I will say while I won't argue with the other episode, fun run is definitely my other favorite. Very good. Thank well you. Well the best. That's good. a good one. The, gen- the gentleman yields his time. <laughs> I would agree. He yields the rest of my time. I would that agree. That was very cordial of you. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to go next. No. Um, because we are going chronological order. There it is. So. Oh. Right. I knew it. I knew it. You knew there was a method to the No, match. I didn't. I guess. We're staying in season four. Yes. We're, yes, we're oh. staying in season four with we my are. pick. That's how I know. Yes. yes. <laughs> So they did several of those two parters in season four, right? I don't know. Definitely. I feel like there were like a couple. I feel like maybe. they just started to get crazy in season four and did stuff like that. So the episode I'm going to talk briefly about the episode I almost picked, <laughs> which was from season five, and I almost picked Casual Friday mm-hmm. because yeah. Casual Friday is one of the funniest things that has ever like laugh out loud funny, like especially mm-hmm. because like Meredith Boob is out and like. Meredith, wear your panties. <laughs> your boob is out. <laughs> and the real reason I almost picked Casual Friday is because it has my absolute favorite cold open of any cold open, where Kevin comes in with his bottle yes. of chili. Oh, that's great. Yes. And chili everywhere. It is one of the most it's a great gift. Iconic. It is yeah. one of the most beautiful scenes oh my ever God. written Iconic. on television. Yeah. Iconic. And, you know, now that I'm talking about it, I don't know why I didn't pick it. To, like, touch on that cold open, like, and you you all act. I don't I do not do anything. Please touch on that I cold do, open. I do, I do marketing. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, 
Like, I imagine, like, how difficult that I, must have been to do. Because you can't do that multiple times. No. I can't, like, you can't, I can't get one take. You can't spill an entire <laughs> vat of chili and then roll around it. <laughs> no, no, Pick it up no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, like, the He's panic, a pro, man. Like, to not one, break, one take wonder. Like, to not break I, and, like, lose, lose. Like, it's so, no. like, that's, a, that's so impressive. Yeah, whatever <laughs> happens in that moment happens. <laughs> and it happened really well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, I almost went Casual Friday for that and for the, Meredith, your boob is out. Yeah. Because it is yeah. one of my favorite so lines ever. It's a perfect line reading. Like, perfect. But the Oscar is so funny. It's so funny. Um, I didn't pick it. Anyway, um, I picked this. The, the one I picked is season four, episode eight. It was written by Lester Lewis. He also wrote Customer Survey, which was mm-hmm. the episode where Dwight and Angela get fake married at the beat bar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and it was directed by a man named Julian Farino. And it is the deposition. Mm-hmm. And the deposition episode, mm-hmm. I'll give you a break. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? No, it's okay. the one where he goes to she, she, uh, with, uh, the girl. <laughs> Jam. AJ, what? don't read from the book. <laughs> I'm accused of not knowing. I try to defend myself. And obviously I can't speak. No. You're this is not a democracy. You're giving away all It's a shit. cruel world here. All right, so the deposition, the brief description is Jan Levinson and Michael Scott travel to New York City for the deposition of Jan's lawsuit against uh, the company. While Michael originally intends to be a witness against the company, he ends up defending oh, the sure, company. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. And yes, then, of course. The, and then the B storyline is that Daryl and Jim are playing ping pong nonstop in the, uh, yep. in the building and... Um, in the warehouse, sorry. And Kelly and Daryl are dating at this time, and Kelly is talking just mad smack <laughs> to Pam. Hey, 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 <laughs> I don't like your boyfriend. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> and Pam is like so pissed off about it. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the brief description. Um, Greg Daniels has stated that the main purpose of the deposition was to add on the tension building between Michael and Jan. Mm-hmm. The tension would finally end its build up. Um, in the following episode, <laughs> the scene, this also, my favorite scene in this entire episode is when Michael pushes Toby's tray off of a table, yes. just quietly, oh, silently, yes. and then gets up and doesn't say a word about it. And that was, um, that was Paul Lieberstein. They had done the scene a couple times, and Paul was like, why don't you just push my tray off the table this time, and don't say anything, and just get up and leave. Dude. Um, <laughs> What's so wonderful about it is, is Toby, like, Toby sits with him, and, like, kind of, like, he gives him, like, this heartfelt, like... Oh, yeah, like, it's beautiful. Like, 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 it's, like, the most, like, sincere yep. moment of, like, of, that, of, of, of the two of them have ever had, yes. and that's his reaction. And, and Michael's reaction is to push his food <laughs> off of the table and silently leave. He shows him, like, genuine kindness. Yes, right. Fuck Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And the fact that Paul Lieberstein was like, I got an idea, makes it so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, the deposition was the last original episode to air in 2007 due to the effects of the Writers Guild America strike. Um, they went on strike, and because Steve Carell was a member of WGA, he would not cross the picket line, and so they had to stop. So they, they went on strike till February 12th. Um, and this guy, what's the name? Oh, Travis. Cricket, he's like a, um, a, I can't think of the word, a critic, stated that this happens to be the best episode of the season and one of the best episodes of the series. It's almost as if the writers planned it this way to emphasize their importance and to remind us how much we'll miss the writers when uh-huh. they're gone. Um, 
So I'm going to go, I'm going to try and go as quickly as I can through this episode and why it makes me happy. The cold open is the one where we learn that Michael likes to get Pam to write post-it notes for him when he's in with other people so that he can look like he's getting a bunch of important calls, but he's <laughs> actually not, so that he can like seem really important. Mm -hmm. So he does that to like one random client. He's having lunch with Jan, and Pam comes in. He's like, oh, no, 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 I don't have time for that. And Jan's all like, ooh, sexy, sexy. And then he's finally having a meeting with Ryan, and who is now like the boss because he got the job in New York. And Pam comes in with a little post-it that has a hot dog man drawn on it, and it says, hiya, buddy on the top of it and Michael sees it and he's like no 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 I'm with the most important client and Ryan's like I insist you do your fucking job answer the phone and Michael like sighs and gets upset and he answers the phone and he goes hiya buddy because that's what was written on the post-it perfect it is absolutely perfect um, so Michael is going to Jan's deposition to testify for her for I quote having the courage to augment her boobs and that is why they believe she was fired from Dunder Mifflin if she, if she gets the settlement she's going to get 4 million dollars if she wins and that is why Michael says he is going to memorize her answers and throw in some oohs and ahs to make it seem real and Jan's like no 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 no, no. he's just you know he's going he's gonna to just say the truth he's going to just remind him to say the truth um, they get to New York. Ryan tries to use his power over Michael to talk to them as friends. Uh, he explains that he doesn't want Michael to do anything to hurt the company. Michael says he would never do that. Um, then we cut to the second plot, which is the, the ping pong situation. Kelly is talking so much smack to Pam. Pam is fucking sick of it. Um, you're ugly, and I know for a fact because I've got the evidence right there. <laughs> that's, that's how Kelly describes it between trash talk and smack talk. Sure. Um, so Pam makes a ping pong table upstairs so that Jim can practice. Said so he can eventually get good enough to beat Daryl. And he's like, I, I'll never beat Daryl. I can't be good enough to beat Daryl. Daryl, I think, is also my favorite character on The Office. Sure. Just throwing that mm. out there for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> um, but I, I love him. Um, then Toby shows up at the deposition in New York. Michael is furious and says, I don't talk until he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and Toby's like, I'm your HR rep. I'm here. To, I'm on your side, Michael. Furious. 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 He's so fucking over it and so fucking done. Um, they, they start the deposition. Michael answers the first question perfectly, like exactly as they practiced it in the car. And Jan says, there are plenty of things that he does well above average. <laughs> ice skating. He's very good at ice skating. Which he is. Which he is. Deep girl is like an excellent like, hockey right, player. There's definitely an episode where they show it off. Yeah, when yeah. He, like, he like he's whipping. Well, in, in uh, Third level midnight. He's yeah, like, yeah. He's like, he's all, like over all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, they continue with the deposition. At one point, the, they ask her, so you were directly under her the whole time? And Michael says, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and no one understands what's right. happening except Jan. And the, the they're like, excuse me? And he's like, well, that's what she said. Come again, please. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it gets, it gets so bad. And they make the court reporter read it yes. back. And he's like, I mean, yeah, that the, the delivery is all wrong. She's butchering it. It's <laughs> yeah. so, Steve Carell is acting so small in this episode. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Because I, feel, I feel like when Steve Carell acts small on The Office, like, that's when it's the funniest, and that's just what this entire episode is. Um, why was Jan terminated? Uh, she thought it has to do with the twins. To be delicate, they hang off milady's chest. <laughs> they make milk. <laughs> and, the, and the lawyer's like, her breast. You're referring to her breasts. Um, and, like, it's just, and Jan and fucking Melora Arden, I don't know how she sits through this shit and just, like, takes it and watches him do this. 
because it's amazing. Uh, Michael goes on to talk about how they signed a dating waiver, everything should be okay. And then the other lawyer for Dunder Mifflin busts out the photo of Naked Jan from when they went to fucking Sandals, yeah. and Michael accidentally emailed it to everyone. Yeah. Jan gets very upset. Um, cause then Michael starts talking about, you know, when they actually started dating and he's like, well, we need to talk about when we first shook hands. That was, you know, six years ago. He's talking about when we first kissed. That was two years ago. He's like, when we first kissed sober, that was like four months after that. <laughs> and everyone is losing their goddamn minds because they realize this is like the, the whole thing is like fucked now. Like it's all fucked. And then he sort of like starts stumbling and then he gets quiet and he just goes line. And, then, and everyone looks at him and they're like, what did you just say? And this other random dude just goes, he asked for a line? Like in a play? <laughs> when I watched this the first time, I laughed so hard at this moment that I almost died. Um, and then, you know, they come back from the commercial break. The court reporter is reading back the convo. And, and it's like, Michael wants to use the bathroom. And he's like, well, I didn't really need to go then. I was just trying to get out of answering questions. And now I really need to go. And they won't let him go. <laughs> then they cut back to the office. Jim convinces Dwight to help him practice ping pong, telling him there's some new client. Dwight, of course, is very good at ping pong for no discernible reason, all except that all of his idols are ping pong masters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. Um, they 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 pull the, go back to New York. We had an on again, off again relationship. I know this ruins your case. I throw myself to the mercy of the deposition. <laughs> <laughs> do the right thing but he just Michael is such a bad liar he just the man he can't lie he's, he's trying so hard to do the right thing but he also just loves Dunder Mifflin so much that he can't right. speak ill of it like yeah. it's impossible for him then they pull out Michael's fucking journal which he replies that's my diary <laughs> they read passages from it Michael is so embarrassed and mad that they have it the other lawyer wants it she's like we're gonna have 10 copies made and then Toby goes can you make it 11 and <laughs> so that Toby can get a copy of it um, this is then when they go to the lunchroom, all the tables are full, my class is with Toby, Toby's genuinely trying to be kind and nice to him, and then he just pushes the, the, the tray, silently <laughs> off the thing, and walks the fuck out, and it, it, it is perfect, it is perfect scene. Um, they go back to the deposition, the other woman, Ryan, just as hot as Jan, but in another way, <laughs> like they're reading it, Toby starts giggling. Michael is so upset. He's just, he's getting it from all fucking sides at this deposition. And I feel like it really showcases, again, the subtle, quiet acting that Steve Carell is so wonderful at. He is just so good at balancing the line of, like, vulnerable and sad and hilarious. And I think that's what makes this episode so good. Sure. Um, then they start reading the stuff that David Wallace says about him when he was trying to interview with the New York uh. And it's so, it's heartbreaking. It's so sad. And that how they weren't really considering him for the management position. And, there's, and you know, they quote, come on, what do you want me to say? He's a nice guy. And so David is so sad to hear this. And like, also, my God, I can't think of his name right now because I'm overwhelmed. But that actor, what a piece. <laughs> and like, the guy who plays David Wallace on the show used to just be like an accountant business finance yeah, guy. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah. randomly got into acting and they're like, we found him. This guy knows how to talk this shit and sound real. I love a David Wallace episode. Oh, I me truly too. do. Especially late David Wallace. Oh, when, when he, he goes, goes crazy. When, when, he when, he goes, goes, when he goes crazy. Then he gets really yeah. fucking rich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Andy Buckley. Andy, Andy Buckley. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, what a delightful man that is. Um, so that happens, you know, he's a nice guy. Oh, Michael's little world is crumbling around him. It's so sad. And then the the 
uh, Jan's lawyer asks him, you know, very, very sincerely, he's like, don't you think that the company exhibits a pattern of disrespect to its employees? And Michael just like takes a moment. He's like, absolutely not. And it's like, <laughs> oh, and Steve Carell is also an excellent actor at making his eyes slightly water. <laughs> never crying, which is one of the most heartstring pulling things that an actor can do, and he does it at that moment, and it's beautiful. Cut back to Jim and Daryl playing. Um, Jim is still losing. Everything's terrible at ping pong. Kelly gloats. Pam is angry. They decide they're gonna play each other. They can't even fucking bow, like volley for the ball. They're yeah. both so terrible. And Jim's like, "Do you wanna go play upstairs on the other ping pong table?" And they just leave and go up. Um, back to New York. David Wallace comes out to apologize to Michael. It's a really lovely moment. Uh, and when they're done. Michael, like, you know, walk, steps away, and then he looks at Dave, and he's like, I think you're a really nice guy, too. And I'm like, oh, it gets me in the field. Oh, it's so good. Um, See, at the end of the day, it's about relationships. <laughs> I love it. And they, you know, and then Michael does, like, a talking head with the camera, and he's like, you know, they ask, they're clearly asked him, like, why did you decide to, you know, talk, side with Dunder Mifflin? And he's like, well, Jan already brought my diary to New York, so she already was going mm. to use it. And he's like, you expect to get screwed by your company. You never expect to get screwed by your girlfriend. Yep. <laughs> oh. Great line. Great and line. it's one of those moments so where you're great. like, oh, Michael actually figured something out. Like, right. he realized yeah. what they were doing to him. She, he realized she he put it together. Yeah. He put it together. And they're in the mm-hmm. fucking car ride home. And they're like, they're trying to decide what to eat for dinner. <laughs> and she's like, Chinese. And he's like, oh, I was thinking something cheap. And she's like, Chinese was my cheap suggestion. And it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh. And he's like, fast food. She's like, fast food's fine. And you're like, oh, God, this relationship is so awful. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then it ends with Dwight and Moe's playing ping pong. <laughs> Just like, and so that's, that's the deposition. Um, I vividly remember seeing this episode in real time. I remember like the next day going to work and talking about this, how good this episode was. And I really think it like perfectly encapsulates why the office is such a perfect television show because it, it is so funny, but this also shows like the immense talent that everyone on this show like has from an acting performing standpoint. And I think it's a, I, I just, I think it's such a good episode. Um, and it's slightly understated, and there's not a lot of laugh out loud lines. But if you really pay attention, and the more you watch it, the more you laugh out loud when you watch this episode. Yeah, I think the best episodes feature the ensemble. Sure. Yeah. And and they all have their mm-hmm. moments. I mean, it's yeah, it was just an incredibly cast show. hundred percent. Yeah. Which it's is crazy. great because a lot of them are like writers. <laughs> it, that's why they're so funny. Like that, and yeah. So I love this episode. I think it's great. And we're gonna go to Paul next because chronologically his episode was the very next, the very episode, next episode to air. So yeah, and it's strike. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that because uh, that's my first bullet point. Is to talk about that. No worries. Uh, what a save. So, so uh, it's funny because everyone thus far has has like talked about episodes that really feature the ensemble oh. and. This episode actually is like the tightest grouping. Like it, like yeah. it features yeah. the least amount of actors. Mm-hmm. It's really like, like I think it's like eight people. That, mm-hmm. it, is is that, that called a bottle episode? I don't know. What the fuck was that? Yes. What's saying in your book? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Claire. You Someone knew what I was talking about. But you act like we do TV. But, 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 before, but before I go in, before I go any further, I think we sh- it, it should be noted that today, the day we are recording this podcast. Is actually Creed Bratton's birthday. Oh, Yay, Yay. Creed Bratton. oh my God! Happy birthday! Happy birthday. I mean, Creed Bratton was played by Creed Bratton. Yeah, the man, <laughs> the man named Creed Bratton. He's, he also, in, he's also in a wonderful new show on Amazon Prime. Plug, you're they're paying me to do this. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, it's called Upload. 
Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, Jeff, show, Jeff Daniels is also a producer on this show. Yeah. Jeff Daniels produced the American Upload Show. is an amazing show. So, very good show, very funny, kind of dark. David Wallace's little redheaded son yep. is all grown up and is on <laughs> Upload. I yes. will watch it, I promise you. It's a darker show, but it's very funny. And yeah. uh, and Creed Bratton makes a very limited cameo, but it's very, <laughs> it's very funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Um, anyway, so yes, so this, this, ep- this was season four, episode 13. Um, it was the first episode back after the Writers Guild strike, so um, that the, I, I read up on kind of the, that, like some of the, the lore behind this episode, mm-hmm. I guess. And they said it was like one of the loosest sets that they had kind of been on. Like they were, like they were just a, like the atmosphere was very lively. People were just happy to be back at work again. Sure, yeah. Um, but well, also, they were so giggly. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it was it was, uh, it was one of the least scripted episodes of the entire show. Like mm-hmm. the, the the Office was t- contrary to popular belief. Fairly scripted, mm-hmm. and they would give certain actors leeway to improvise. Obviously, Steve Carell, Rain yeah. Wilson, like they, these people who are just really talented impro- yeah. improvisational actors. Um, this one had had a much looser script, much less dialogue written. Um, <laughs> so they they were just able to to, to go, and then uh, it was nominated for uh, a primetime Emmy Award for outstanding writing for a comedy series, which I think is funny because it had the least amount of writing. Of <laughs> yeah, office that's episode. Amazing. How uh, did it not win? It, it, it lost. I, I don't. I, I, I'm not a Thirty Rock watcher, but it lost oh, to an episode, episode called Cooter. Oh, sure. sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I don't okay. know. For all That's you, an excellent. For all you Thirty Rock, are you Thirty Rock episodes out there? The episode Cooter is better than the best episode of The Office. Oh, so uh, I mean, so just put that, that episode out there. on Thirty Rock so, has Matthew Broderick in it. All right. <laughs> so anyway, also it's a great name for a dog. I want to have a dog named Cooter one day. So this, uh, in my opinion, this episode is The Office at its best. It mm-hmm. kind of, sh- it, it, it's like, I feel like The Office is best at it when it's on that knife's edge of like awkwardness and, and, and comedy mm-hmm. and like, and just like being so uncomfortable, but like not getting too uncomfortable and kind of just th- straddling that line. And yeah. so of course mine is, my, uh, my best office episode is Dinner Party. Heard of it. Heard of it. Oh, this was my immediate one. <laughs> Desired to, to argue this, yeah. so but Paul well, is Nat- a Natalie, Natalie, uh, Natalie, um, <laughs> Natalie told me I got I got it because I'm the guest. So we can be nice. I have a feeling this one would be, would be in demand. But uh, <laughs> so I think honestly, I, I, and I like I love the Office cold opens are like my oh. favorite part of the yeah. Office. It just okay. sets a tone for the episode. I think this is like the weak one of the weakest cold opens of the Office. It's just it's not super funny. There's nothing like remarkable about it. But it's one of the few, including uh, the, the um, fun, run. fun run, where the, the, the cold open sets up mm-hmm. the episode. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, it, usually it, they have nothing. Usually, the, usually it's just like here's a here's a joke that we can't make a whole episode around. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, here's a bit that we can't build a whole episode around. So let's just use it as a cold open, and then we'll move into the real story. Uh, the, this one, you know, so it opens with uh, the whole office is you enter like a frustrated workspace, and everyone everyone just kind of pissed off, and. Uh, <laughs> And they've been they've been handed down an assignment from corporate to work overtime on this like really arbitrary task that you're not quite sure why. And then Michael the, the, Michael decides that he's going to put his foot down and do something about it. But before he does that, he goes over to Jim. And he's like he's like oh he's like man he's like what do you got going on this weekend? And Jim says Jim says nothing. You told us to clear. You told us to not plan anything today because we'd be working overtime. He's like oh, okay. And then he's like and then he like gets in front of the office like you know what this is it. I, I've had enough. I'm gonna call corporate right now and tell and tell him. That this is not acceptable. So he goes into his office and makes a very obvious fake phone call. <laughs> and he and he uh, 
it, it's I don't know it verbatim, but but I, I know at one point he says, "I love these people. These are my friends." And he, he has these really random shouts. Like the shouts come when you don't expect them. Like he, he keeps ramping up, but then like plateauing. It's 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 wonderful. And then he and then he comes out and then he says, you know, I, I told. I told corporate that we're that we're we're called it's fucking ruse. It's a ruse. <laughs> it's Friday. It's we're not. Lies. It's Friday. We're, we're, go home. Have a good weekend. And then uh, and then he invites Jim and Jim and Pam over for dinner. And Jim immediately is like, look, is like grasping for his reason to not do it. And he's like, but you just you just told me you had nothing, you had nothing to do. And 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 then they have, there's a there's a uh, like kind of direct to camera aside with Jim and he's like you know he's like Michael's been asking Pam and I he's asked us at least nine times to have dinner we've always found a way out but he he, he went through all this to have dinner <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did this just, just that, so, over for dinner <laughs> so anyway so then we so we cut very you know we, so then that's that's the cold opening which again I think in and of itself is not incredibly funny unless you know what's about that's to come. like the only part of the episode that takes place in the office so yeah, that's yeah. the only part yeah. like with the larger cast, yeah. Yeah. and they're just right. kind of in the like Stanley has a line, I think, like a few yeah. other like there, there's not much, and then, uh, and so oh, and Dwight's not invited, like right. we, that's, that's what we a learned. Big deal. Dwight's not invited because Dwight is, is doesn't single, have a date, and it's couples only, and Michael only has, has six, six wine, wine glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so, so relatable. It's important. It's important. <laughs> Which is like that's my house. So uh, <laughs> I'm not Michael Scott. I Maybe I am. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, so so we, we we after we come back from the credits and commercial, we have uh, Jim and Pam arriving at uh, at at Michael's condo, and and we're just kind of and then it just it, this. Like the jokes per square inch of this episode <laughs> yeah. is unbelievable, and and the the, the landry. That that's yes. the thing. Like, yeah. like there's no there's no wasted space. There's no wasted air. Like every yeah. every moment of the show, every joke hits and hits hard, and it's just like it's just so compact. <laughs> and uh, so they, they, we start out with uh, with they you know they, they come into the office. Michael asks them what what have they been up to, <laughs> which Jim says I. I left work, I went home, and then I came here. You mean the three hours I haven't seen you? Okay, in the one hour I haven't seen you. <laughs> and so um, then they asked him if they want the tour. Uh, and, then, and this is when this is when Janet Michaels' babe, like, oh, like Jesus. being a ping pong. It's, yeah. like, right. it's like a ping ponging of babe back so and forth. Weird. Like this is like passive aggressive babe. It doesn't start out that way, but it becomes a very passive aggressive babe at the end of the episode. And then... Uh, so uh, they take they take the tour and they go upstairs. We go upstairs, baby, or downstairs, baby. <laughs> and then she apologizes for the terrible carpet. She fucking falls. On, the, on the way up, as there's this like there's this pop art like self portrait or portrait of Jan on the <laughs> on the wall up the stairs. Oh. And then uh, you get to the top of the stairs and we enter her office. Never been used, Michael said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we transition over to Jan's workspace, where Serenity by Jan, her candle company, is getting off the ground. Claire knows what that's like. Claire makes candles. There yes. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a lot of sympathy for Jan. Jan. <laughs> so everyone's... Re- I, I don't know if your, your workspace is the same or if you keep this for your office, but the, uh, the, 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 the odor is clearly, like, pungent. Like, everyone who walks in is just like, 
Overwhelmed. Knocked back by the, by the odor. Yeah, John Krasinski does a great job yes. of acting. Like, like he, he kind of like looks out the door and at the <laughs> like camera. Like, like, like he, it's, like he's, it's like he's ducking his head out of the room to get a, get a gasp of fresh air. Uh, and then, yeah, and they're like, you have a workspace and an office? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, she's, and she, she, she says to Pam, like, you, I can't, I can't create where I work. Yeah. You probably have the same thing with your doodles. Brutal, <laughs> <laughs> man. Brutal. Yeah, like, the passive aggressiveness yes. in this episode is like a twist. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there's so much, there's like this cross tension yeah. across a lot of different lines. But So she, and then another funny little part of the, of the candle room is, uh, <laughs> is she offers, she offers Jim a scent, a, a smell of her, of her, of one of her candles. Oh, that's fire. Bonfire. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then Michael Bon, James Bonfire. Mike Stone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, what is he? Which is like I don't even know that I don't I don't know I I'm not as read up on the chronology I'm a little rusty but I don't even know if we know who Michael Scarn is at that point yet I don't know I don't know if he's even laid the groundwork but that and I'll get to this a little bit later but that is like my favorite part of the office as a whole is their commitment to like laying like yes. they plant seeds for jokes yes to, and then like blossom they blossom them like three later. seasons later and they're not just like little jokes like they're like big like funny uh, it's yeah. just crazy I love it so um, then they they head into the bedroom. They have a camera on a tripod <laughs> that, that gets very little attention. Like, yeah, like, no, that's quick. how bonkers this quick. episode is. That they just kind of like sweep the camera on a tripod away. Like, like Jan's embarrassed and Michael puts it. I thought I told you to clean up. Like, that's yeah, all, that's, that's it. all she that's says. It. Like, and, and, then she, like, and then she calls like a naughty boy or something. Like kind of pats him on. They move on. Then they talk about how Michael and this is where I sleep and it's the bench at the foot of the bed because Jan has quote space issues. Uh, they have a king size bed and so like and then he demonstrates. What I love about this looks a little narrow. Missy, well, he, he demonstrates how well he fits on it, and then like it stays there for like a beat longer than it then should. It needs to. And like yeah. it just, it's just him laying there, and everybody watching him. <laughs> and then it cuts, <laughs> and then it cuts downstairs, and we have uh, they're, they're going through the, uh, the the living room, which is the best space in the house. And yeah. they, they're talking about um, that Michael built a table, mm-hmm. and he's <laughs> he says, "I'm not sure if it's pine or Nordic cherry." <laughs> <laughs> Which is very clearly like just like a cheap like 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 plywood, like plywood table. <laughs> and uh, and and it's the smallest table with the longest legs. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's I, that, that that part resonates. With, like I don't know when I first watched that episode if I found it that funny, but like as a homeowner now, like trying to do any little thing to my house, I'm like, oh my god, I kind of know that struggle. That's like an amplified version of my struggle. Yeah. Like I take such pride in such shitty work. So and then and then we get to the flat screen TV. Oh boy, I plasma. I finally broke down and broke up and bought myself a plasma TV. Sometimes I'll just stand here and watch it for hours, and it's literally like. Uh, it's like it's like a laptop screen. Right. It's not even. It's maybe it's maybe fourteen inches. <laughs> and he's got a and he's got a, this like mountain. telescoping telescoping mount on the wall that demonstrates. It's like yeah, people over, you just push it back in. <laughs> the first time I ever noticed that uh, Keith has that in his house, he has a tiny TV on it. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> and I died. And it, it, it comes like it comes like all of six inches. Oh yeah, it. no, it, just enough, just enough. So funny! Whoa, what a difference! Mm-hmm. So, so then, and then, uh, Andy and Andy and uh, Angela show mm-hmm. up, which they are like. That's how like this episode is so centered on like the main six, or really the main five characters. Yeah. 
like Jan is in there as like a really strong bit player, but like Andy and Angela barely even like make waves in this yeah. episode. Yeah. Like they're Truly. just kind of there. Yeah. Um, they show up and then they <laughs> sit down and start playing. Uh, well, they sit down and like they're sitting in like a circle in the living room, which doesn't have enough chairs. Oh, uh, so, like, and, and, and dinner is going to take like four hours or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. We'll be awesome. ready in like three we got hours. Got the and, yeah. Yeah. Like three hours from now, or like three hours from like four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Pam is so hungry, which I love. I love how starving she is. Yeah, and uh, so they sit, they sit, and they start, uh, and they well, they have wine, and Michael takes a sip of the wine, and like it's very this awkward silence. He goes, "Oh, "Oh, it has a sort of oaky afterbirth." (laughs) (laughs) Was that? Oh yeah, Jim was like, "So that, and then, and then, like the, the, the like like the core thread of the episode, like comes when." Uh, Jan goes to the there's a, there's still an awkward silence oh and, and so yeah Andy and Angela are, are hanging and she goes and puts a, hits a hits play on the on the, the CD player oh boy and uh, it, it is the it is her her former assistant Hunter's like debut single and that is that is all about fucking and it's, it's like it's just it's just like super like heartfelt ode to like the night she made him a man. Uh, and, uh, and, very talented artist. But the best part of it, the best part of it is Jan. And this is apparent. This is entirely improv. Apparently, was she? She's her dancing around. She's kind of like feeling. She's kind of like feeling the room. Yeah. And then she tries to quote dance with Jim. And Jim is just Jim is not having it. So Jim is like sitting, and she takes his hand and she spins herself. But he's yeah. sitting down. He's sitting down on the couch. She like she spins herself right. with him sitting down. It's just like. It's just the most like awkward oh, thing. It's hideous. It's, it's so a good. disgusting moment that I hate Amazing watching. Amazing physical so comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. Amazing. Long ass arms. Oh. They, they play celebrity, which is like a yeah, like a charade, charade yeah. type game where you can't say the thing. And Jim and uh, and Michael is undoubtedly just like, un, like he's so very bad predict- very predictably bad at it. So he's trying to get them to say Tom Cruise and Mike and uh, Jim is fucking with him. So he's like. <laughs> He's like We're going on a cruise, and, and uh, Jim Jim, Jim, Creek. Jim guesses Katie Holmes, and he goes no, but but he's married to her, and Jim guesses Dawson's Creek. <laughs> no the, best, the best part is the very next, like he pulls another name, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he says I'm the, I'm the governor of California, and Jim goes Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so that's good, and then and then Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> No rhyme. That's an image of mother. That's not even a rhyme. <laughs> so we get. So then we get uh, the doorbell rings. Dwight shows up with his childhood baby babysitter. Oh my Melinda, god, Melinda, that Melinda, Melinda Whitaker is her name. Beth Grant is the actress. Yeah, um, she's a wonderful, exquisite cast. Yeah, she re- she reappears later yep. uh, in, in I think it's season nine as a uh, as a. Er, yeah, as a, she's interviewed to become a junior, a junior salesman. salesman. Yeah, she doesn't get the job. Um, <laughs> but but she Dwight shows up and he has like a cooler of food, of food and and his own wine glasses. Yeah, because they only had six. <laughs> and uh, great, great. And Michael at this point, you can tell you can tell there's like the, the Jan dynamic, the Jan tension is really ramped up because yeah. Michael, I think earlier in the in the night would have like turned Dwight away, sure. but at this point he's like, "Fuck you, Jan." Yeah. Like 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 yeah. Dwight, you're in. And uh, and he then they get at this exchange in the doorway about how he always does what Jan wants him to do, and it, it, it kind of culminates at him talking about you wanted me to get a vasectomy, I got a vasectomy. <laughs> then you thought you might want to have kids, and you wanted me to undo a vasectomy, and I undid a vasectomy. It's like you have no idea the physical 
told a three vasectomies take on a person. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Which apparently that was improvised. Oh, God. Well, I think yeah, that, that, that that was clearly influenced by, I think that Carell was probably making the overt reference to, this episode is very much like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. It's yeah. it's the like dinner party gone disastrously yeah. wrong, sure. and then Martha has her famous snap speech. Snap, snap. <laughs> Our relationship went snap, and then when so I remember when I was watching this for the first time, he goes snap, snap, snap. I realized like I was like, that was a brilliant like culturally subversive <laughs> joke right there. So and then the 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 kind of tail end of that joke, the vasectomy like bit is. <laughs> He says, and I think this was like the more I watched it today, and the more I like think of this line, the funnier I think it is. Is I bought this condo to fill it with children. (laughs) 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 Which is just like, oh, it's so it just because but it's so consistent because like this condo has been Michael's like empire. Like he's like this is what he's built towards, and like he's talked about every time he talks about his condo, it's just like palatious thing. Which it clearly is not. It's like oh. a shitty condo with, with, with thin walls where if you, uh, throwing yeah. back, where if your neighbor throws his wife into the wall and knocks your plasma screen. Like, uh, <laughs> to the episode when he bought the condo. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so, and then they go to the table and they're still waiting on the food because it hasn't come yet. Oh my God. And, uh, and, uh, and Jim, Jim and Pam have an exchange with Dwight and his babysitter where Jim asks them how they know each other. The babysitter says, I was his babysitter. Pam says, are you guys dating? And Dwight says, purely carnal. That's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) He's eating eating salad and a a, a turkey leg. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, They're eating beet salad out of a Tupperware container (laughs) and a turkey leg. And he's sitting on the ice chips. Yes. Uh, uh, No no joke. They bring their own food and glasses. glasses. Like, what conscientious guest? I think it's so nice. They get to eat before anyone else. Yeah, they're the only people. But it's so Dwight because he he figured out, all right, what what is a qualifier to be a guest at this party? Be a couple. You need to have enough food for me, and I need to. Um, there need to be enough wine glasses for me. I can take care of that, right. and I can find a woman. <laughs> yeah, because for whatever reason, Dwight pulls ass like nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Dwight always yes. has a female. Yes, Dwight, Dwight knows how to play the game. Uh, and then, and I'll, I'll, I'll speed through the last few bits. But one of my, this is another one of those, those like seeds that they lay and they they reap later uh when they're eating dip when the, they finally have food michael dips his meat into his wine <laughs> and he and, and 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 jan like criticizes him and says that's disgusting and he looks at her so hurt and he says you know you know i have soft teeth how could you say that <laughs> and she just goes Oops. Which soft? I don't. I don't. I'm not a dentist. (laughs) I don't know if soft teeth is a real thing that a human person can have. But but it is the funniest thing. If if, if there are people out there listening who have soft teeth, you know I have soft teeth. If there are people out there who have soft teeth who are listening, you have the funniest (laughs) ailment. It's It's almost as funny as like hot dog fingers. It's so funny. I I I think it's so funny. But then in in season in season five, the very next season, the Moroccan Christmas episode. Uh, they're trying to schedule an intervention for Meredith, and and Michael can't. Internet says there's no such thing as soft. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, Michael can't. Uh, Michael can't. 
they can't do a certain date because he has his monthly dentist appointment for Saucy. That's good. I always love when the office is like, like they callback. just call things back. And it's just like such a like throwaway joke, but I think it's, oh, it's so, so stupid. Good. Then things just explode. Uh, and pretty much from the soft teeth moment. That's when like that's when it, everyone else stops participating sure and it's just michael and jay going at each other yeah. and then uh and the, and same, it, the same poly girl yeah <laughs> he hangs the same poly oh, girl yeah the sign like, uh he he mentions something about burning her candles and then she says you burn it you buy it babe you burn it you buy it and he said he said well, then i'll be your first customer and she said you're hardly my first and he goes well, that's what she said like so but the most furious that's what she said that that's my favorite that's what she said <laughs> That's and the best like, ever. It's, just like, it's like angry and it's right he's at her. He's so mad about it. He's so mad about saying that's what she said, but he but can't. He, has, he, has to he can't it. not he say it. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's what she said. She picks up a Dundee, throws it at his which, at his at his plasma TV, two hundred dollars plasma, which is which is a an impressive like feat of, of like accuracy because it's not a very big target. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she hits his and he he rushes around the corner. He's like it's like. You just—he's like, that's a two hundred dollar plasma screen you just killed. I hope you can afford to buy another one with your zero dollar salary, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then that's that's kind of like that's where it, like the neighbors call the cops. Yeah. Uh, they the, the cops like, well, Dwight tries to like step in like, like yeah. Officer Dwight, they shut, they shoot, they're like, not now, Dwight. They literally say, not now, Dwight. And then uh, they agree like. Dwight brings Michael, like, Michael's going to stay with Dwight. And then everybody kind of leaves. And, and it, it, Jim steals the Hunter's CD, and he plays the song in the car while they're eating hot dogs in the parking lot, or burgers in the parking lot for Pam. And that's kind of the soundtrack to the end. It cuts to, to Andy. Andy, this is, like, the funniest. Andy, Andy and Angela have just been there. Right, but, right. But the, the funniest part of it is, like, the end, when they're, they're in a car eating ice cream, and, like, like Angela's just looking, <laughs> yeah. Angela's looking miserable, and, Dw- and Andy's got this like stupid fucking grin on his face like he always does. And he like leans over and sneaks her a kiss and she looks at him like coldly, rolls down the window, takes the ice cream cone and sticks it on the side of the car. Slams it. Just, it's amazing. It's like, amazing. Just, just the most like cold-blooded thing. And then we cut, so and then, mean. And then it cuts to uh, to, to Michael and Dwight in, Michael, in, in Dwight's uh, Trans Am yeah. driving down the street. And they get to a light, and at the bus stop at the light is is, is the babysitter. Yeah. And they it's like they like don't even hear any mind, but she's like clearly looking for them to identify her. And they like they just like no, they look just past going. her and keep going. Um, and Jan's trying to fix the Dundee. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, I know I just talked. I, I probably just talked the whole episode, but I, I, I just I feel like it. every. Every inch of this episode, like there's just no wasted space. Deficit. There's no wasted yeah. space. Everything's perfect. I think it's a similar thing, like where the deposition at the end of the, they knew the the strike was coming, and they were like, yeah. "Let's like knock it out of the park." I feel like this was like we have months of ideas. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> and like, like we just like we, we've been thinking so much. Like, yeah, and like this was just like it was a con. It's a concentrated office episode. Yeah, but also I think it. it I, I don't know that I even thought about this until we got here tonight. That like it is like one of the smaller. Like yeah. it's a smaller cast inclusions, I guess, or like the amount of people who are on the yeah. on the screen. Like it's really just like the core characters. Yeah, um, which is funny. Well, like, and also I, because I, it is like because it is like a bottle episode. It has that like feeling of the Christmas episode kind yeah. of thing, where it's really fun to see the characters in a different environment yeah. for right. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. that's that's my opinion, which is I think a shared opinion 
At least two other people here. It's not trash. It's not trash. It's not trash at all. And it, it, the dinner party is always like the episode I feel that people are like, the dinner party. That's yeah. the funniest episode. Yeah. And the dinner party is one of the funniest episodes written. I agree with that. I'm going to add an asterisk, though. Drag him. <laughs> and say that I think that people think of the dinner party as often as they do because of the blooper reel from the dinner party. And if yeah. Because when I think of what are the best, I'm like, what's the funniest thing? I'm like, the, di- the dinner party. But the blooper reel is actually funnier, funnier than the dinner party is. And I think that's why it is constantly in, like, the ether of the best um, office episodes. It's very good, and I, I agree with that. I honestly don't know if I've ever seen I've blooper reel. Blooper reel. I've never seen blooper reels. That's insane. Well, that's what I, I, I watch blooper reels from The Office more than I watch episodes. Yeah, of the office. <laughs> like the, this, and the season it. four, it's like entirely from. It's entirely the, the dinner, dinner party. party. Okay. Like, oh, uh, well, I'll play I it for you after. That's what I'm gonna do after this. Well, I think once you see it, you you also like re. I don't know when you rewatch you, the dinner re, party. Re, all those jokes are in your head. It rewires your brain to, to yeah. think yeah. that the dinner party is even funnier than it actually is. Another thing, You're really yeah, like Scientology. Good. Well, yeah, another, exactly, another, it's Scientology. Another piece, another piece to that to that kind of line of thinking is, uh, I, I in my research today, I was reading about how they they um like what what we saw what we what you see on Netflix or what you saw on Netflix probably right. now on Peacock. They extended a lot of episodes. Yeah. Like, so, so like, mm-hmm. I think what most people are familiar with as The Office, yeah, is not necessarily like its original form. Correct. Because like, because they and, the, and they, Peacock is airing them like in their extended. Yeah, they, 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 they just kind of they were like, oh, this is a funny scene that we we cut for time for TV, but now we can add it back in, which is great. Um, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it as I like rewatch The Office. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a scene I've never seen before, right. which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because I've seen The Office ten million mm-hmm. times. Um. <laughs> Claire, you're going to take it home for us, friend. Yeah, ready to knock it off and make it go. Um, <laughs> Thank God. Nope. Yep, well, we're ready. Now, now there's a sports term we can all get behind. Yep. <laughs> knock it off and make it go. Um, As Newt Rockney once said. <laughs> um... Well, okay, so I'm trying to think of the best angle I want to come from because I think this is going to be a surprising choice for a couple of reasons. But um, we were talking hours ago about how Ricky Gervais sort of created this, like, uh, really hyper-awkward, like, mean, uncomfortable sort of tone. Yes. That was intrinsic to the... The British version. And I think the great thing about Steve Carell in that role is that Steve Carell brings so much heart. And as Natalie, you were saying, like, depth to his performance. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people that thinks that the best comedy comes from sincerity. Um, So I have chosen uh, episode 25 from season five which is called Broke. <laughs> um, yes, ooh, ah, I know, you all remember it well. It's good. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I My favorite part of The Office, I mean, I love the ensemble, but I watch it for Michael Scott. Like, I love sure. Michael Scott. Sure. And I think the Michael Scott Paper Company arc is my favorite arc <laughs> that appears on The Office. 
Like it's very good. The episode that has the intro that is the Michael Scott Paper Company is like uh, chef's kisses all over yes. everybody's face. <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously not because of you know COVID nineteen. Exactly. But um, this episode broke was Steve Carell's directorial debut. This was the first episode he directed. Oh, um, I did not know that. And he, it basically it basically comes down to this. This is the end of the uh, Michael Scott Paper Company arc. And at the end of the episode, there is this amazing moment where um, David Wallace offers him like $12,000 to buy <laughs> the Michael Scott Paper Company. And Michael refuses because it's insultingly low. And then David Wallace is like, Basically says, I know your model isn't sustainable. I know that you can't keep selling money this cheap. And then Michael Scott looks him in the eyes and says, I'll see your situation and I'll raise you a situation. <laughs> your company is losing clients left and right. You have a stockholder meeting coming up and you are going to have to explain to them why your most profitable branch is bleeding. So they may be looking for a little change in the CFO. So I don't think I need to wait out Dunder Mifflin. I think I just have to wait out you. <laughs> Boom! Ooh. It's amazing when, like, every once in a while, Michael Scott is really fucking good at his job. It's, like, it's the most so confident. amazing when he's good at his job. Yeah. It's the most confident he is. I, I agree. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> it's amazing. There, there are times like, throughout the show that we're like, wow, Michael Scott is really good at being yeah. a salesperson. Yeah. Like, really and at this it. moment, they also, like, show Pam sort of, like, enraptured by how great it is. Yeah. And it's a really nice Pam moment. I also feel like Pam is the best in this sort of era of Pam because she's not attached to a man. Sure. Um, and she gets to like be a person and yeah. it's very fun. Yes. Um, and, and, and the fact that her and Ryan hate each other so much is like, so much. it's wonderful that they're together. <laughs> so, so much. Um, this was also the episode that Steve Carell submitted when he was nominated for the Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Excellent. Which he lost to Alec Baldwin. Sure. But... Uh, 30 um, Rock is a, is, a, oh. is, a, is a hard show to beat, y'all. Mm, 30 Rock, <laughs> killing the office. But the, the just... I, it all comes down to the sheer satisfaction of Michael getting this, like, amazing win. Yeah. Because I think you're sort of set up... Um, not to talk theater, because I know we don't, we yes. try not to do that yeah. here. But I've always said that like that bottom in a Midsummer Night's Dream only works if he is the best actor that anybody knows. Yes. And I think in the same way, like Michael's buffoonery only works if he's actually like the best boss. Yeah, like he's actually the best. Yeah, well, and he's actually very good at his job. <laughs> he's very good. He understands strategy, and he gets them all their jobs back. Is the sort of culmination of that. Yes. And then it sort of like closes that loop in a really tidy way. Mm -hmm. um, and this episode show. has Idris Elba in it, so like yes, big, we don't big, we don't hate that big win for the Babo meter. Don't hate that. <laughs> yes, but, for sure. It, I think it is the last one that he's on, and then at the end, well, he's Michael in, like won't let anyone won't let him say bye yeah. because he wouldn't let Michael say bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he he comes back he goes for, for the volleyball for the, for the picnic. Yeah. yeah, yes, but this is like the part. He has like several episodes. Yeah, at the end of his little arc as yeah. the person. Yeah, right. As Charles something. I was gonna say um, Xavier, and I was like, "That's the next man." <laughs> Please excuse me, Professor. <laughs> yeah, it's Charles Xavier. He just rolls out. At the yeah, end. he's got a school. That's Professor fun. X. <laughs> it's a great crossover 
story arc. Oh, we've been waiting for it. <laughs> um, and that's how The Office got into the MCU. Yes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's the connection. Um, so that's sort, sort of all I have to say. say. I, I just, just love the sincerity of it. I love seeing Michael, Michael Scott, Scott get a good win in. Yeah. And be great at it. Uh, so that's that's my piece for Broke. I, I think that episode is great. I love it's it. It's just stunning. Yeah, I also like, BJ Novak still has like fake blonde hair in this episode, right? Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm also into that whole era of BJ Novak. Was this the era where he was always hair. wearing like the most, like, he was his style was constantly changing? No, not yet. That's later. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's when, like, so great when he's he like... Glasses and, no, yeah. this is when he was working at the bowling alley and they go and pick him up from the bowling <laughs> okay, alley yeah. and yeah. him back in the car. But part of the negotiation is that Pam gets to come back, but as a salesperson. Correct. And that's great. And then he says, and Ryan has to come back. And David Wallace is like, no, he cost us millions of dollars. Yeah, but Ryan then he won't awful. come back without him. So, and, and also, and like part of the, the negotiation piece too, because they're like, uh, well, they, they they made the offer of sixty thousand dollars, and he asked, "Can I have the room?" And then they clean yes. the room, and he rose, and he goes, "Oh my God, we're so rich!" And then, <laughs> and, then and then later on, like like after, like it's probably like after a commercial break. Uh, like when 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 Michael turns down the offer, and then they. Uh, Pam asked for the room back again. Yeah. And uh, and Ryan says, you just cost me $60,000. <laughs> yeah. And, why would you and, get all of it? Yeah, Pam, why do you think you get all the money? <laughs> oh, Ryan's crazy. It's, it's great. It's an understated episode, but I think where it falls is important to me and also just that. Yeah. That you're bleeding. Oh, I love it. Yeah. No, it's Steve great. Girl. It's the best. Yeah. I, I, it's an excellent, excellent choice. Um, oh, is it, is it? Thanks. No, it's, you're welcome. I'm Jack. No one picked a Christmas episode. The Benihana. The Benihana Christmas. Benihana Christmas. Yeah. I really thought Benihana would be one of them. That one. Yeah. That one's good because the the the, the casting decisions they made in that movie, yeah. I mean, in, that, in that episode, <laughs> where they where they they're at Benihana and they, you know it, it's it's this is another racist probably thing yeah. that should that couldn't you could but, never have this episode. Yeah, well, he has to mark his girl. But but also also. The, the, the two girls at the restaurant are two different girls and the girls the at the office. Home. They're, but the ones they home. But they're, they're two different kinds of Asian. And I was like, I don't... I, I, yes. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's terrifying. Like, I mean, like, it just... It just it's ridiculous. Yes. Like, it's... <laughs> it's um, so ridiculous. Yeah. So, but there's yeah, there's plenty of great ones. I mean, oh, there, you know, there's a million good episodes. And so, like like again, the, the beach like retreat episode. Oh yeah, I mean, that's there's, wonderful. There's so many good episodes. I laugh at the healthcare episode. Hot dog fingers is one of the funniest things I've ever heard <laughs> in the history of you know like yeah. where the people like he thinks they're making up ailments you know yeah. or they are making up ailments. Yeah. Inverted, 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 inverted penis. Yeah. <laughs> Hot dog fingers. <laughs> Um, right, anal, but, anal fissures. Who put this down? No one has this. Some of us might have. <laughs> Someone has it, and it's yeah, uh, it's Ray Wilson. Like, <laughs> yeah. And again, we didn't even get to talk about how weird James Spader was, but he's so weird. And I'm going to read my favorite quote from James Spader now in the entire series, please, because it's when like Andy's trying to like. 
I don't know, be better than James, than Robert California. <laughs> and he's on the phone with him. And he's like, I will not be blackmailed by some ineffectual, privileged, fat, soft penis to Debbie Dunn. You're going to start a street fight with me. Bring it on. But you're going to be surprised by how ugly it gets. You don't even know my real name. I'm the fucking Lizard King. That is a line that a human that's, that's, good. that's good. It is one of my favorite things that ever happened on the office. <laughs> that's good. I love it. Oh, that James. So much. In spades. Uh, but yeah. Does we I mean, want? Yeah, there's there's so many episodes that are yeah, fantastic. You know, it's a good show. It's, yeah, it's an excellent show. That's and if you, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. And if you have Peacock, <laughs> you can watch it. You can. <laughs> or pay $3 per episode. <laughs> is it per? Right. Oh, God. Just get a... Just, <laughs> just get a... A, a subscription to Peacock. It's four dollars a month. I don't want the email. <laughs> Less than two episodes of The Office. I don't. I don't get any emails, and I have it. I paid uh, three nine. I paid two ninety nine, and I got a forty minute episode. I feel like I got a bargain. Insane. Why I had to pay six ninety nine to get Discovery Plus so I could watch the goddamn Puppy Bowl. Yes, <laughs> but that's really important content. Much better than uh, the game. Accurate. Chunky Much- Monkey should have won. Yeah, <laughs> it's much better than that goddamn football game that happened. Anyway, <laughs> what a dream this was. This was a blast, Paul. Thanks, thanks so Paul. much for being here. Oh, thank you, for having. It was so much fun. Paul, you took to it like a duck to water. <laughs> <laughs> this is really in my wheel. This is what, this is my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. this is great. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, that's that. That's it. And with that siren, yeah. the Lyrical Magazine. Hey, it didn't happen when I was talking. I'm thrilled. It's a first. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks everyone. Love, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Break me off a piece of that football cream. Fancy feet. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> Your Opinion is Trash is produced by no one. Yay. Edited by Matt Jackson with graphic design from Matt Phelan and original music by Kay the Beast. Please subscribe, like, and rate us on all podcast platforms and join our Patreon for more nonsense. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.